Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate, hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. If only this was a visual media, Shelby. I would, I would pat you on both sides of the head and as a, as a welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For what? Well, as they do on Basmani Blue, <laughs> the classic Brie Larson film. <laughs> is this i was like oh no is he referencing you, like under the banner of heaven or something am i am i missing an important pop culture no, moment this isn't, no this isn't yeah, a mormon yeah, yeah, joke yeah, this yeah. is a brie larson, brie larson joke. yeah a, her, uh, in her uh, classic honestly, film. yeah honestly you know how do you follow room you do it with basmani blues so basmani blues <laughs> mm. Good for her. i have a whole made. story about basmani blues but we'll get to that when we get to that <laughs> yeah no this is an exciting time um twice yearly happy birthday yes it is it's almost my birthday uh the time has flown you know i don't feel attached to my age but it is weird that a whole year has gone by since since the last one since the big 3-0 so here mm-hmm. i am another birthday in the books 31 <laughs> basically 40 at this point you're <laughs> headed there it's honestly shocking but especially when i think about how i don't want to derail this but you and i have been recording because this is my oh we're, we're going to be derailing this plenty of time yes this is our fourth because i was looking back world. at the at the people that we've done so far we're obviously doing brie larson mm-hmm. um but we, she joins the pantheon yeah. of Anne Hathaway, Will Smith, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. Emma Stone, Tom Cruise, Justin Bieber, <laughs> and Lady Gaga. Wow. Honestly, when you lay them all out like that, we sure do know how to pick them. Yeah, really. Uh, uh, the cast of, um, of uh, yes. Chris McKay's <laughs> next uh, whatever <laughs> political satire right there. Yeah. <laughs> or Adam McKay. Adam oh, McKay. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's who did Don't Look Up. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about this one. I feel like this is my Anne Hathaway moment. You know, it's a controversial sort of like, should we, is it justified? Is it not? What's going on? Why do people feel the way they do? Why is it such a strong feeling it girl moment? And um, she's been on our radar for a lot of the time we've doing, been doing a podcast because she's kind of like, she kind of like, you know, became mainstream after obviously she won her Oscar for Room, um, which was in 26, 2014. The movie came out in 2015. I think she won in 2016. Oh, man. So that's like, and then we did our podcast. And so I feel like we've been following her, especially as, you know, in 2016, after that, she was announced as Captain Marvel, uh, igniting a sort of firestorm of uh, MCU bros deciding she wasn't good for whatever reason. And and then through that, you know, we've, we've <laughs> witnessed her many a choices from Kong Skull Island to uh, the 
the glass the castle unicorn store unicorn i know that you talked about at some mention. point on the podcast yes. <laughs> um so she's been around and then she was obviously featured during our pandemic discourse because she started a youtube channel when things were sleepy yes um kept that up for a year and still sort of makes videos here and there but other than that she's been kind of like most recently she announced that she's going to be in the new fast and (laughs) furious movie so we talked about that yeah so she's been a part of this podcast and i just thought it's time that we did her justice and like gave her the full um treatment as it were so um this is usually a long weird rambling exploration of some of pop culture's most um controversial or talked about figures trying to break down how they got to where they are and and then also running through their entire filmography which we (laughs) tried to make ourselves experts in so yeah this is a very interesting person to choose i feel like because when you suggested her or said that you were picking her i was like okay yes like she's um she sort of has a weird like aura about her (laughs) in that in some ways she's really successful in some ways she's really not it seemed like everybody really liked her now it seems like nobody really likes her like what is her uh, sort of like who is she as a person she's kind of an enigma but I wasn't I didn't necessarily know if there was a ton of meat to dive into because she is sort of newer to the scene where you know somebody like tom cruise or anna hathaway has like been in more things that you and i have seen or has been around a lot longer brie larson has been acting since she was seven years old once i got (laughs) diving into brie larson i was like oh no there's a wealth of odd treasures here like lurking beneath the surface and I like to use these sort of at like these episodes we do sort of as uh, like excursions into trying to figure out like what the cohesive narrative of a person <laughs> is like of the actor based on their their choices in movies their choices in life right. I feel like you know looking at Anne Hathaway's films or looking at everything Justin Bieber has done you can sort of get like a very good picture of who this person sort of is mm-hmm. through you know years worth of choices that they've made I think that that is an especially daunting and interesting task with Brie Larson because she has done a lot of things that are very different, that are seemingly pretty random (laughs) um, to varying degrees of success. And I'm intrigued to sort of work with you to try to piece this together of like who is Brie Larson like why is she making these choices uh like what is who is this person (laughs) at the deepest core of her being Well, what's interesting too is because you don't have the same strategy you see like like there's no reaction from her even as people react to her like it seems like she's very hard to ruffle like Anne Hathaway she had her moment where she retreated and she like had to hide from the haters even Will Smith he had to do like a I mean, we'll see what he does later, but he had to do like campaigns to like get people to take him seriously and like move from comedy into action. And so there's always this element of forward thinking, like career mobility and reacting to how people feel about them. Whereas Brie Larson is just like the same from day one to this day and age. Like, I don't feel like she's changed in certain ways, not not only like in her personal life where she remains reserved, she remains sort of like this quirky 
personality. Um, but she also just like doesn't seem phased by the Hollywoodness of it all in a weird way. Yeah, she's sort of like Teflon. Like, like nothing <laughs> is really sticking to her. Like people are, you know, say things or for better or for worse, it sort of doesn't seem like it's really gone to her head. Also, it's interesting because of all of the people on this list that we've covered, she's definitely the least... Um, uh, like her personal life is the most hidden oh, yeah, from everybody. Yeah. The rest of the people that we've covered, even Leonardo DiCaprio, who's known as sort of a figure who does keep to himself, like obviously has the pussy posse, has like his obsession with climate change. Like there are like big things that he is spending yeah. a lot of his personal time doing. Where Brie Larson, uh, her personal life doesn't, it's either so boring that no one's really covering it or she's like not really bringing it up. But the weird thing I think is usually when people have, you know, sort of a more private personal life, they seem to be less like fame hungry, I guess. And that is not the case with Brie Larson because she has attempted basically every manner of being famous that one could do. <laughs> And this is interesting. And yet okay, still yeah, yeah, hasn't yeah. like, and yet still hasn't like really put her like personal life on display. You know, she's been a child star. She's been a uh, musician. She's been an actor. She's been a YouTuber. She's been um, uh, like, uh, she's done producing and directing, you know, it's like right. everything that, that you could do. She has tried or is, is currently doing. Um, so do you think it's like but- her? like she's trying to find the thing that will make her or or like like you think there's something conniving about it or like planned about these i don't think so yeah yeah i like i I don't see like a master plan (laughs) it seems sort of chaotic but it does she doesn't seem to be the type of person who's like oh, well, like, I had success. Like, let me fade into the background. She's, like, constantly doing Mm, things. And doing things that are public-facing. But at the same time, she doesn't seem to be, like, a, you know, Lady Gaga, Kardashian, even Anne Hathaway to some level type of person who's, like, willing to sort of capitalize on their personal life to an extent as part of their fame. Like, everything that... Brie Larson is famous for is not really like her personal life. Right. Even though she has a YouTube channel, which is about <laughs> her. Like it's, it's a weird dichotomy. I know. I feel like that's what, see, I, I haven't always enjoyed Brie Larson's acting, but I've always kind of enjoyed her personality, um, which might be like a weird, <laughs> unpopular opinion, but I feel like it is sort of to this point where it doesn't feel like she's, I would say she doesn't seem interested in the fame. She just happens to love like storytelling and movies and whatever, because it almost feels like she's just that girl who kind of coasts through high school and she's just like flittering in and out of classes, like trying different things, but just like enjoying life. Like her, her, she's not goal goal oriented, I guess I'd say. And like reading about what she has said about her, her life and her early years is pretty interesting because she, I don't know if you could guess this, but she was kind of shy and kind of awkward as a kid. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, no, crazy. Yeah. What? But her She's just like a little quirky. A quirky yeah. girl. Well that's the thing, is like her origin story is that when she was like six years old, she's like mom, I know what my dharma is. I'm supposed to be an actor. And her mom was like, how do you know what this word is? How did you like learn this? What is this? And, you know, we've talked a lot about this, like parent forcing children into acting and whatever. But it seems like it just was a unfortunate aligning of stars where her parents were not in a good place. And her mom used this like desire of Brie Larson as a seven-year-old to get into acting to move to LA to like leave the husband and and so they had a really tough time where she described like growing up in poverty like sharing a a studio apartment with a single bed with her mom and her sister and kind of like being this awkward kind of weirdo who wore bowling shoes and and she said she once went through a phase where she ate dinner in the shower because she wondered why we didn't do that and like so she was just like a weird, weirdo kid who happened to be like get on Jimmy Kimmel and do a few skits as a little kid and like had some weird roles here and there. Um, but she seemed just like stumbling into it almost. And even as she talks about the roles she took through like 2008 through 2010, like all before she started to get noticed. It wasn't like, oh, I'm hungry for this. I've got to be the next, um, you know, uh, I don't know who would be a <laughs> J-Lo. I don't know. I've got to like get there. Like, I don't know. Anne Hathaway. It just seems like yeah. she's like, I wanted to work in this. So I just kept trying and I was fine with being poor. I was fine with like struggling here and there. I was fine with like not being able to stretch the money that well. And I just would take the next role that came if it if it was something I enjoyed. And so it's like. When a lot of celebrities say stuff like that, I don't believe them. But for some reason, I think Brie Larson like proves it because she continues to do this weird like whatever she feels like thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I find that like strangely charming because so many reserved celebrities come off as like really, I don't know, kind of annoying about like, oh, to become famous, you have to sacrifice something like like even Taylor Swift, like. They like say, I'm going to honor my privacy because so much has been taken from me. And it's like, okay, like calm down. And I think it's interesting to see Beauty Larson, who's like never talks about it in that way. And yet she's the one who's sort of given privacy. Like no one cares about her personal life. And I can't figure out why. Like it's just boring. I don't know. I do feel like for whatever reason, maybe it's because they won Oscars like so near each other. But she does sort of have like an Emma Stone-esque yes. quality to her where Emma Stone is another person who I think is much more well-liked and has had a lot more success in her career than Brie Larson has, but who also no one really seems that interested in uh, like her personal life mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Like when she was dating Andrew Garfield, um, yes, but like no one, everybody just sort of like likes her and is like fine with her to do whatever. And Emma Stone seems more like fun and funny. Like she's (laughs) sort of her, like when she shows up at award shows and things, she's uh, got more personality Um, where Brie Larson doesn't. But then Brie Larson's career, I feel like follows more of the trajectory of Jennifer Lawrence, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who is everyone is much more fixated on her as a person. And, and they both sort of were these like media darlings for a bit and then uh, sort of had a weird like fall from grace for whatever reason that's sort of like intangible almost. Because 
Brie Larson, I feel like for most people, came onto the scene in a big, in her biggest way with Room, yeah. where she had like had bit parts before that, and we'll get to all of her like filmography and whatnot but she was in room with jacob tremblay as the little kid it's the movie where it's it's him and her like locked in a shed and they have to escape and that entire like awards season or awards you know campaign like she won all these awards it was her and jacob tremblay like going to all of these things together Mm -hmm. they were the cutest duo everybody was very into them like even though brie larson hadn't really like didn't have a long-standing career everybody seemed like very game to give her trophies and we'll get into that more too but like yeah like everybody just kind of loved her and then it just all sort of not fell apart but she just like never kind of reclaimed that uh, uh like fandom that she had from room or like the people who liked her like it was they were just like gone all of a sudden or everybody was like, no, I actually don't. We don't care about her. I think it's like the problem is that her fans are just like they're people who don't care about celebrity. Right. Like that's sort of what charmed them. But then when her haters came out and they are the loudest people in the room on any given day on any platform, I think it just drowns out any sort of positivity so that then the press isn't even like like with Anne Hathaway, there were always think pieces against think pieces and like, why do we hate Anne Hathaway type thing? Whereas here it's like, oh, the MCU (laughs) fanboys hate Brie Larson. There's no like alternative opinion really, because it's like, it was such a tsunami of vitriol that just like came out of nowhere that I think it just, it continues to just haunt her. Like, and it was wild to watch in real time because Obviously, like you said, she was kind of known as being the like she wasn't she wasn't the she came up at the same time as Emma Stone and Jennifer Lawrence and they were all kind of friends and they like tried to have this. It seemed like that was sort of what the media wanted them to be is like, oh, my gosh, three besties, like always hanging out together, interviewing each other, whatever it is. Um, But it seemed like, yeah, people didn't latch on to her because it was like she wasn't giving raunchy silly like i'm one of the guys energy like j law she wasn't being fully um snarky clever uh uh, socially conscious like emma stone she wasn't like the cool girl like scarlett johansson or uh the raunchy joker like i don't know amy poehler it was like she was just this normal person (laughs) and it was all fine and dandy and then in the, in 2016, she was announced by the MCU as the future of Captain Marvel. And this was like <laughs> such a mess because immediately people were upset because in the comics, it's a, it's a man, it's a dude. And so they're like, oh my gosh, the feminist, uh, feminazi campaign is ruining the MCU. How come this is happening? Like, oh, this is going to be Ghostbusters all over again. Like, this is so stupid. So people were set against it. And then with her new larger platform, everything Brie Larson did and said and stood for suddenly had a much louder bullhorn attached to it. So when she was doing things like at the 2017 Oscars, like not giving Casey Affleck a standing ovation or not clapping for him or whatever, and saying that, you know, that was because of his sexual uh, assault allegations. And then when she was saying that she, she made it a mission that 
anything she was involved in included more diverse critics and like that she couldn't imagine how uh, a film with a majority like with a black perspective such as A Wrinkle in Time would get should be seen by black critics and not old white men (laughs) she just got lambasted by these misogynistic um youtubers twitter heads like whatever on the mcu channels because you can like find hundreds of videos on youtube analyzing every single interaction brie larson has with like the mcu cast interviewers people are like omg she's such a bitch omg she's so mean no one likes her they're they're making videos like she doesn't get along with any of the mcu cast because she's like so uppity she's so serious blah 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 it is wild to see the obsession with her like happen in real time and it feels almost it's just like conjecture right it's just they're watching a clip of someone like rolling their eyes and deciding that means that they hate her and I don't know. I I remember so vividly when that started happening and being like, oh, well, this is rude. That's like sexist. I hate that. And they like worked hard to to destroy Captain Marvel before it even came out with like review bombing and whatnot to the point that uh, Rotten Tomatoes had to change their entire uh, way to post reviews. But it's like I wanted to come to her defense because I'm like, no, she's I think she's like a I think she's like a girl who doesn't know how to interact in like, I I think she's sarcastic and kind of like closed off and reserved and shy. And she kind of doesn't know how to evoke the same charm and charisma as her other co-stars. So next to Chris Hemsworth, she seems very wooden, but (laughs) then she's just made, uh, she made some interesting choices with uh, Captain Marvel and with her career after Captain Marvel that makes it kind of like, huh, Maybe there could have been a little bit of PR to help this because it is kind of a hard, uh, I don't know, uh, grudge to get over. I also think that part of it is that, so she has Room, which obviously does very well. It's very successful. She wins the Oscar, um, you know, like the peak of acting. And then she gets all of these um, sort of big, like, blockbustery roles, mm-hmm. which she takes, which, I mean, good for her because obviously... Uh, you know, Room was an early A24 movie. She wasn't making a lot of money on that. I doubt she made a ton of money prior to that in her career because most of her roles are smaller. So yeah, she should take these roles that are offering to pay her millions of dollars like she's a celebrity now. But I don't know if it's because they are blockbusters or because... I mean, again, when we go through the filmography, I think we can get into some of the individual choices, but she's just, like, never really had another strong PR moment since Mm -hmm. winning Best Actress. And she's had a number of things that didn't perform well or performances that weren't great, and then all of the Marvel stuff. She just, like, has not had another strong point where I think at least for someone like Jennifer Lawrence or Emma Stone, they sort of, like, ramped up with several good things before they, you know, won their Oscar. And then they've continued to make or have, like, good pop culture moments, even if their movies weren't necessarily as good after, where Brie Larson doesn't really seem to be capable of, like, having a good viral moment (laughs) because she's just, like, not that interesting. And then if you're going to be one of those kind of people who can't really, like, sell your personality 100%, Mm -hmm. then I think you have to really, like, be able to sell your talent and work, which she just hasn't done or been able to really since 
room to the same extent. So it's, yeah, it's a weird. Yeah, she's like strangely sort of process. Different. She's like, she doesn't seem like I. I know she was probably hurt by especially the hatred that came out after Captain Marvel. Um, I I want to say there was a moment where she got off socials, but maybe I'm confusing that with yet another woman who was kicked off by mean fanboys. Um, but the thing with the Captain Marvel, it was like, on one hand, yes, there was the whole world of uh, the weird, uh, like, Marvel fans that disliked her. And I could see how, like, obviously that would affect you to a certain extent. But I feel like the narrative around Captain Marvel in general, mm-hmm. like, in a wider you know, sort of more like normie commonplace way was that, oh my gosh, like, isn't this so exciting? It's fine. It's the first like female lead of a Marvel movie. And like, isn't this empowering? Mm -hmm. And I remember all of those pictures of like her with like that giant poster behind Mm -hmm. her, like at the opening. And so like, yes, there were definitely like loads and loads of people who were trying to tank it. But I also feel like she had to have it. it, It's not like when Will Smith, you know, made seven pounds or whatever and thought it was going to be this great thing. And then everybody hated it. and (laughs) No one liked it. Like there, I feel like in general, Captain Marvel did okay in the theaters, got okay critical reviews and was, and she was sort of like lauded and the movie was lauded as like a good progressive step in marvel in a lot of ways so even like even though she's getting a lot of backlash for things it is it's also still like not fully in the way that some of these other people have had to go through it's yeah everything about her is sort of like only half (laughs) finished or like halfway there so it's you're putting together all of these like half puzzle pieces (laughs) trying to like figure out the whole person yeah Because I think what's interesting is, like, usually we see so often in our culture, like, this tearing down, building up a girl, a woman just to tear her down, which, you know, we talked about with Anne Hathaway, Jennifer Lawrence, like, the it girl is built up just so we can suddenly decide, ew, we hate her for no real reason, but then we just all, as a collective whole, decide to just rip them down, you know, Britney Spears, Taylor Swift, whatever it is. But with Brie Larson, it was almost like, it's just a really loud minority of haters. Like, it's like, it's mostly men, which is also different from the Anne Hathaway hate, the Hatha haters, the J-Law people. It's like, usually women are, you know, kind of trained to turn against it by our culture as a whole and the misogyny that's built in and the patriarchy and all that. But this one was like immediate film bros being like, ew, smile more. Ew, why would she say this? Ew, uh, this is a social justice warrior. And so it was almost like, yeah, what is she going to say? Like get hurt that the thing that she's standing for is making the people that she disagrees with mad. Like she's very vocally a feminist, very vocally involved in social justice, justice issues. So it's like, I can see why this didn't phase her in the same way where these other people before her had to have a complete reassessment of how they were going to interact with the public because here she's like, Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I do have a feminist agenda as I take on this comic book role. And and right. she's like very open about how like when they told her to smile more, she just posted photos of all the um, MCU male heroes with photoshopped grins plastered on their faces. So she seems to recognize that 
the haters she's collected are like the people she doesn't like. So <laughs> there's a mutual disinterest there. She's mm. also somehow like the the most famous, least famous person. Yeah. You know, like she is a Hollywood A-lister, I think. But at the same time, she's also kind of not. Like, yeah. for someone who has as many like massive roles as she does and is as, as successful as she is, she's also somehow like, kind of not famous like i'd be interested if you did like a billy on the street (laughs) type of survey like do you know who this woman is because in some ways i think people do but in other ways i think people would have like no clue who she was that's why the backlash is so interesting because it's like why are they continually obsessed with her like like to the point where there's a video like out this week about like ugh, she's just such a tryhard. Like, it's like, you guys can just let it go. Like, she's not doing anything right now. The most she's doing is threatening to be in a Marvel movie that comes out in 2023. So it's like, you guys have time to not care about this. But anytime there's a headline about Brie Larson, it's about, oh, these people are mad at her about this or something. Uh, And I think that's, like, kind of interesting to poke at because it's like, the hatred of her is saying more about the people doing the hating than than giving us any new information about her herself like I think there have been moments where she's kind of stepped in it like there was kind of that cringy thing where she tried to I don't remember how she phrased it but something about like yeah I don't I don't need I don't hate men but I don't need white I don't know white old dudes telling me what to see or whatever which I agree with and I I fist pump too but she had to come out after and be like I guess there's a better way to phrase it but uh, diversity matters like you know it just seems like she just lets things roll off her which I admire but I can see being frustrating um in building a brand in our idea of parasocial um celebrity relationships yeah she also, I think, just needs, like, a win. Yeah. I, th- I think she just needs, like, another, like, solid something. And I think when we go through her filmography, I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> or, like, what she's sort of capable of yeah. doing. Uh, I don't think she's a bad actress, but I think she's a very specific actress in sort of the things that seem in her wheelhouse. And... I think that in a lot of ways she just sort of got lucky with Room and I'm not sure what uh, like her yeah like I don't know if I was her you know uh, like PR person what I would be suggesting for her to do because she seems to be trying a lot of different things but I'm not sure that any of them are necessarily like what (laughs) she is like what she should be doing to get another like solid win under her belt yeah because yeah, i think um, like with her youtube channel you know she gets headlines for being like oh i love i love my nintendo switch look at the color of my nintendo switch and then she has all these pros who are like well you're a fake gamer like get out of here but it's like there's nothing that sticks there's nothing that can like last a news cycle because it's like it it's so sincere that it just feels uninteresting because compare it to something like Katy Perry where she does that like 24-hour live stream and it just comes across as like so try hard and like and not working because she's trying to make it work 
it's like I think a lot of people expected her YouTube channel to be sort of this PR campaign to make people like her and to have it be polished and something like Vanessa Hudgens or like one of the Pretty Little Liars girls women would do. But instead, it's just like this. I mean, it's just like the normal YouTube channel that we grew up watching. It's just a woman doing like random stuff, like dancing in her pajamas or whatever. But it never feels like she's like, oh, I've got to be that girl who's dancing in pajamas, you know? Well, it sort of start, it felt at first, like, I remember people complaining about the YouTube channel because they said, oh, like, you know, she's trying to come in and sort of like steal yeah. this space from other YouTubers, which obviously has not been what has happened. <laughs> but her, yeah, her YouTubes are just so like mundane. You know, it's like, oh, here's making me making like this salad I eat for lunch. It's like, there's like, yeah. I don't even know what. It, like if it was an attempt for fame like it's not like she's doing the cinnamon challenge or, or oh, like yeah. trying to make viral moments like, even oh They're... i invite chris hemsworth on for drinking games like it's nothing right there's no it's truly like the most mundane possible stuff that you could do and i guess maybe my one of my brothers is sort of like this and i definitely know other people too who are they're just sort of like interested in a lot of yeah. different things and like not really to any extent. Um, but then, or they sort of like jump around between stuff, mm-hmm. I guess. And, and, you know, so like one time you meet them, Oh, they're really into plants. The next time you go see them, Oh, you're like, what about the plants? They're <laughs> like, ah, I sort of like lost interest. And it is, I think, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's like jealousy or what, but I do find it sort of frustrating with those people because you're like, they always seem to like know uh, or to pretend to know a lot or to know a lot. They, they have all these interests. They're always like talking about everything that they're doing or that they have done or that they know about, but they're not like really good at (laughs) any one thing in particular. Like they haven't put a lot of time into something. So I feel like of all trades. Yeah. When they're doing something that you know more than them on, it's sort of annoying because they are acting almost like they're on the same level as you and you're like no I've spent like years doing this and you just took up this hobby but then if they're doing something that's different than what you do they're like oh well you should try this it's a lot of fun you're like no I don't want to do that I'm doing this other thing that I'm doing and they and they seem like they can't really understand why like you wouldn't want to be doing whatever they are Mm. currently doing and you're like yeah well you were doing something completely different two months ago and and now you've moved on and I think that there might be a certain extent uh, like she's done so many different things mm-hmm. and like some of them well, but like some of them sort of half asked that people are like, look, like just like pick a lane <laughs> and stick with it. We are frustrated with this celebrity who is like kind of doing everything, but like kind of not doing everything yeah. and is just sort of like annoying us <laughs> somehow in the process. You know, I'm starting to realize maybe I have a soft spot for Brie Larson because she like reminds me of a lot of my family or like, I don't know if it's like ADHD or there's something that's just keeping her kind of flittering around like a little fairy. (laughs) But there's something that's like really, I, I identify with the sort of sarcastic kind of nerdy, quietly clever uh, side of her that comes out in these press tours that you kind of have to like peel back the layer to recognize like a lot of people are used to the like verbose uh charm of of her 
counterparts. Like, you know, everyone in the MCU handles an interview better than her, except maybe um, Don Cheadle, who I think is just the worst to watch in an interview. But <laughs> she she's constantly being ridiculed for like how tall she's sitting up or how she's constantly like making eye contact and nodding her head. She and, seems like very polite. Yeah, she's yeah. but like in a kind of non-interesting way. <laughs> yeah, she's very and and when she makes jokes, it's usually like, oh, I am the strongest Avenger. So if you're looking for the worst in her as like a arrogant feminazi, you have that ammo right there. But if you're a naturally sarcastic, sardonic person, you're like, oh, she's just trying to joke around with Chris and you know, uh, like trying to get but the she's not like quite as sarc- oh, yeah. she's, she's not, not like, like fully sarcastic yeah, yeah, either yeah. it's like she, again she's like <laughs> half of everything yeah and i guess i just i i know so many people like, like that that i'm like oh yeah she seems like a nice like i can envision having a she's good very nice time with her even if it's not like a fun yeah time like j-law or even emma stone it just seems like she'd be a, a cool person to know she seems like the she would be a great like third or fourth person in your friend group, you <laughs> like know? She was in most of her like movies. very like very reliable, yes, and like fun and a good time. And if you got stuck like having to spend time with just her, that would be great, but also she would be good in like a an overall sort of setting. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I mean, I I don't think she reminds me of you no, really. No, no. I feel like you are much more like cutting into the point than she is but she reminds me of a younger yeah me. i don't know if she'll ever grow out of it but it's it's giving me high school vibes from my <laughs> yeah because she's older than both of us by a couple of years so she like should be past this if she's going to i feel like <laughs> this, this is, is just her yeah. personality she's just uh, yeah she's kind of flittering through life like that's how i picture her and and so as far as like oh her career trajectory i don't even know if she's thinking about it because it just seems like whatever comes her way comes her way and like even as she talks about how she got to where she was in her career at at instances like short term 12 or rumor captain marvel she's just like yeah i was like there were moments where i was like oh i guess this isn't gonna work i guess i'm gonna go flip pancakes and it was just like she was sort of fine with the idea because she's like well i just want to do things i like (laughs) i think that we are entering a new phase of Brie Larson, which yeah we can get to later. But I think that like with with most celebrities, they sort of have their big breakout moment, and then there's sort of a weird period after where they are kind of like getting used to the stardom, yeah, and they're like they don't really know what to do. Sometimes they make good decisions, but a lot of times they make sort of like weird random decisions. Like, I mean, even when we talked about Leonardo DiCaprio, like the stuff he did after Titanic, mm-hmm. it's sort of like odd kind of, or um, Anne Hathaway's sort of stuff after Princess uh, Diaries that then it takes them a little while. And then once they're sort of like an established celebrity, they've had their big hit, then they can kind of regroup and sort of take a second stab at it with like more knowledge and a better team. And I wonder if that's kind of coming for her um, when we can talk about that in the projects that she has coming down the pike. But do you want to jump into her like filmography or do you have other (laughs) things to talk about before that? Oh, no, I think it'll continue to come up and um, we'll see it. But yeah, no, let's get into it. Because like I said, she she moved to LA when she was seven, got her first gig was a commercial on was a commercial parody on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, Jay Leno. Or Jay Leno, yeah. Um, and so she was just kind of like, 
<laughs> I don't even know how to start because I didn't watch this and then she starred in um well she we haven't really covered anybody yet like Leonardo DiCaprio and Anne Hathaway were both sort of child stars ish yeah. but like in in the way where they got cast for things that were sort of like really big yes. really <laughs> early and then had a bunch of big things on their list. I think a lot of celebrities, if you look at their filmographies, are more like Brie Larson, where especially if they're a child star, where they're entering in and they're sort of just like taking anything mm. that they can get. Mm. So the early part of the filmography, she's in a lot of random TV shows and like an episode or two. She's in some random movies in like small background, like almost extra kind of parts. Um, she, I feel like it really isn't until well, in 2001, 2002, she's gets like a role on a sitcom. Yeah. But again, that's only like a one season thing. So it's like a... And then she does... It's a, a start, but she's sort of just like milling around yeah. and taking these like random things. She does a decom, which I didn't see, called Right on Track. Um, it's a movie called Hearts in Atlante. And then the first one that I... I know of hers is 13 going on 30, which no one knew her because like we like, this is where she was playing like number five of the six chicks in Jenna Rink's 13 year old um, reality. So she's in like maybe, maybe two scenes, but I only remember one going viral after she became famous. Um, It's not a speaking part. It's nothing, but that that's probably the biggest movie she was involved in until she became the bigger part of her movies. <laughs> yeah, the she's in that. Then she's in Sleepover, yeah. which I saw when it came out, because that's the girl from Spy Kids is in it. <laughs> Good for you. But I didn't remember that she was in this movie, because obviously I didn't know who she was. She's like a friend of the sort of like rival group of girls, so she is in it a decent amount, but like, again, not a main character. The thing that... I feel like her first sort of like was the first thing that I knew her from was the movie Hoot, which came out in 2006. (laughs) I did not see that. This was a, this was a book series. Um, Mm. Carl Hyacin is like a mystery, like an adult, like mystery writer who for whatever reason decided that he was going to write a series of kids books that are all set in Florida and have to do with like mysteries involving environmental (laughs) things, but they're not the same characters. And the first one that he wrote is Hoot. And then there's like Flush and I can't even remember all of them, but there's like three or four. And I read the book and loved it. It has to do with like these group of people who are these like three kids who are uh there's like some kind of development going on and there's like endangered owls and so they have to like stop the development or otherwise these owls are gonna get uh, like killed and i loved you know everything is like (laughs) avatar because that movie just stole stuff from all of this is a whole (laughs) uh, different side tangent but i last night i went and saw i got invited to a press screening for the teaser trailer (laughs) for avatar 2 which doesn't come out till december so they were like we want you to see this on the biggest screen possible it's like okay so we went and watched it on an imax within 3d it's like all of us critics like file in we all sit down put on our glasses they played the trailer everyone's like okay it's 30 seconds it's no there's no it's because it's the teaser trailer. Yeah. It's literally just images <laughs> and sort of like one line of dialogue that's sort of oh spoken gosh, over the background. It's like something about like our family is our 
fortress. The so who knows what the plot is? Who like the movie? I think will probably be terrible um, because I don't really trust them to have a good storyline for it. It looked incredible. <laughs> like watching it, the like with the three D and the like, the graphics are insane. Like it's sort of Avatar, but it's like water, and the water looked immaculate, and the like the skin of the creatures and like it, the the visual effects were stunning. Which I think we all thought the visual ex- yeah. uh, effects of Avatar two would be great. They were for the first one. This one's been in the works for ten you know years but anyway so they play the first they play the trailer everyone's like okay yay get up okay everyone's like getting up finally leave they started a second time and it's like oh okay i guess i guess i'll watch this again so like some people are leaving i'm sitting there with like my friend watching the trailer a second time it uh, yeah i was like we're here and the thing is it was we were also going to see a doctor strange screening but there was an hour in between the two and they were in different theaters and so i was like what am i gonna do just like mill around in the lobby like i guess i'll watch the second (laughs) trailer so then it plays a second time and i'm like okay so then i'm like getting up and going they played a third time i was like how many times do you want me to sit here and watch this trailer like well how many times did you I left on the the third one. I was like, I can't Couldn't make it. I can't. Yes. Well, anyways. Um, but anywho, who who was also the movie that Logan Lerman? Yes. I think was his sort of first movie. And so me as um, a little gay boy who like didn't quite know what was going on yet was very intrigued by the Logan Lerman character who is like shirtless a lot of the mm. time because you know it's a. Uh, you know, Summer, it's in Florida yeah. and they're like swimming and stuff. Honestly, this would have been really good for our sexual know, awakening episode. I forgot the that. Because like, I think I maybe like I saw this movie in theater, but it didn't do well. I don't oh, know I if we it had it on horribly. DVD or not. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely didn't do well, but I don't know. Like, for whatever reason, I didn't love the movie oh, as I'm much sorry. as I It was like your first realization that adaptations are never as good as the book. Well, also Brie Larson... The, there's three characters and it's Logan Lerman, Brie Larson, and Cody Lindley. So like Brie Larson was obviously the one that I cared about by far the least um, mm. and wasn't really picking up with her. But she had this movie, which was like a decently sized budget mm. film that she was like a lead mm-hmm. on. Like the poster of it, I remember, was the three of them <laughs> standing together. So she's in this poster that people are going to see. It was in movie theaters. And around the same time, she also, this is where she launches her like music career that's a vanessa hudgens sort of like ashley tisdale mandy moore yeah yes but like a per an actress who they're like attempting to see if they can also do a music career because they were very big at that time period she i guess opened uh, for um mccartney jesse mccartney on like a mall <laughs> it was tour a national tour matt. but the, but like <laughs> that they played in malls and then and then she was also at the macy's thanksgiving day parade so she sort of like has a moment here where she is like kind of doing something like there is like somewhat a level of success and then it just disappears i mean and she was she was only 13 right yeah, she's not old. Yeah, so she by did any you listen means. to it? The her EP is called Finding yes. Out of PE. Um I did. I listened to the <laughs> songs and I watched the music videos. You know what's so funny is that as this like 14-year-old or whatever, um, in 2005, 
2006, she she says that she wrote these songs about um, job failed job opportunities, <laughs> which is amazing. I love it. I love how self-serious she was and how she channeled her pain into something productive. Well, also, she didn't like her PE yeah, and she- teacher, which I guess is why she... <laughs> But then I was also like, who is giving this woman like this much creative control? <laughs> like, obviously, this is uh, Taylor Swift, lover or hater, was at least like sort of doing something before like rec- the record labels, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. found her yeah, or whatnot. She like, was hustling like, on this. Yes. Yeah. Where Brie Larson feels very much like a, like, yes, she's musically talented and that will come up at various points later as well but like she uh, like she was an actress and they sort of like pulled her to be on a label she was on the label with Lindsay lohan (laughs) so when she when they're like oh she's writing the song she's whatever i'm like how like how much is she because it feels like a sort of a packaging deal more than anything like here's this girl in these movies continues throughout her career Yes, it does. <laughs> we will maybe we'll see her in Wicked Part Two, um, but no, yeah, the album itself—it's very much. It very much feels like uh, something you'd hear on like the Princess Diaries soundtrack or something like that. Yeah, it's not yeah, terrible. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I—they're very basic, very shallow, very poorly written, but there's there's a vibe there, and it's it's one I appreciate as a child who grew up on those. Um, but yeah, she just like does that and then never speaks of it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it didn't sell well. Yeah. I was reading that it only sold like 3,000 yeah. some copies, which I was like, that is rough for someone who's playing the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade <laughs> and is touring with Jesse McCartney. But I can also see girls not liking her at the Jesse McCartney you know, like if she's opening for Jesse McCartney, I can see them like not like having tweens, that. Yeah, they're like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, like who who goes to a who? What tween goes to the like opener for a tween artist? You know what I mean? Well, I mean it's at the mall, yeah, so they're yeah. there. But like, <laughs> but who's vibing? You who's, know, who's partying to that? But yeah, it's kind of a weird blip because to your point, it's like they didn't seem to invest in it, but they still gave her the opportunity so it was like well why how did this happen why did it happen well, it seems like they invested but like her movie didn't work yeah. and then and then this album that they sent her around didn't sell and she never really took off so i think at that point they were like okay well we're not going to give you another album yeah. um and this is where she has a string of bizarre movies but this is also where she has said like oh she started a literary magazine <laughs> called bunnies and traps she, where she she was also a club dj for yeah. a bit here like like what is this woman doing well i think she was like 18ish yeah, yeah. by the time she got to that but like uh, like she's doing everything and hustling the most and but in a weird way, because I feel like in my mind, when you hustle, you sort of like double down on something. Like you pick the thing right. that you want to put the effort into and yeah. you're like, this is what we're Thousand doing. Hours. Where she seems, yeah, like a little bit more of a like um, uh, get rich quick kind of scheme. Like, okay, let me try this. See if it takes off. See, okay, I let me try this other thing. Vibes. See if it takes off. It just feels like sort of indifferent or kind of like... I don't know, like let it let it happen if it will type thing, like an energy that's yeah. just kind of like oh well we'll just ride this way. 
Just so weird, though. Like, so weird, yeah. the number of weird things she has. Because she does, um, um, right after her hoot and the music and whatnot, she does this show, Remember the Days, which is Amber Heard, <laughs> Amber Heard and Leighton Meester. So not a great lineup, but at the time, it was, it was possibly going to be a moment. And it wasn't. It was horrible. But I did watch this one. And she plays Amber Heard's, like, smart-ass, dr- like, sort of, uh, druggy sister um, who's very sarcastic and, and funny and loud and rude to her parents and like she steals the scenes in, in whatever in the 10-15 minutes total she's in the movie and it was sort of like you could see why things why she's a success like it's like she has an energy to her that was interesting in a movie that was giving absolutely nothing and she was clearly like acting right like it's like that's not it's not like a child actor who's like stumbles in and it's cute and it's like oh what a cute actor like she was she was serving I thought it was good but then she takes sort of this break where she she doesn't do anything for a couple of years I mean I guess she was making stuff and then they didn't come out for a couple of years but yeah I mean I think she was auditioning because it was talking also about like all of these different roles yes, that she auditioned for and didn't right. get um to other people just touching down really quickly on the Amber Heard of it all. I feel like Amber Heard is like not a real person to me. Like I know she's theoretically a movie star, but I'm like, and she's been in things, but I'm like, what? Like, she's where like did she C-list, come from? What yeah. has she been in? Yeah. I'm like, where, who is this woman? Yeah. And then, and then all of this stuff with Johnny Depp, I have like not had the energy to dive in because it feels from everything that I've heard, like very, um, like complicated but i'm but i have watched the videos of them having to read like their uh like sects aloud in courtroom which i think is entertaining um but yeah do you have any thoughts on her <laughs> do you are the or the like proceedings going on no, since we I, haven't talked about it at I all i guess my thoughts are it's a domestic abuse case and however you feel like that whichever side you feel like you're leaning towards. I just think it's like sad and pretty dark and I don't love the memification of it. Um, I think people are quick to make judgments based on who they like more or which video went viral on their feed. And I think it is just a complicated, sad relationship and triggers a lot of people who are going through similar things on a much smaller platform. So, um, yeah, I I mean, this has been a story that's percolated for like the last three or four years. Oh, yeah, years. And mm-hmm. so there's just a constant kind of back and forth on it. And I think it's just um, if you want to have an opinion on it, I think you have to really appreciate the nuance and dig into it and not just go off of whatever random brand account is trying to ride this wave. And I will tell you, the Johnny Depp fans are out for blood <laughs> because I made a comment on a Leonardo DiCaprio article that I was writing because he was in a movie, and boy, did they come after me in the comments. So that's what you, you got to learn. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Amber Heard. I don't remember what movie she's been in, but she was just okay in this remember the days um but one thing i did end up appreciating in my revisitation of brie larson's career is this tv show she did on showtime with tony collette called the united states of tara which i remember coming out i'd never watched it because it was showtime and i was a child um 
But I've seen like the posters. Tony Collette plays someone with multiple personalities, and Brie Larson is her teenage daughter. Did you watch any of this? I haven't seen any of this, which is shocking because I love Tony yeah. Collette. But I feel like I it's too uh, like it's it's, too it's just like too many episodes, <laughs> yeah, and it's too late. But I remember when it came out, like Tony Collette getting a lot of like awards yeah. buzz for it, and it being a big buzzy sort of show. So I'm not, I didn't, I mean, I didn't watch it either, obviously. And I didn't know that Brie Larson yeah. was in it off the top of my head. Um, but it is, that is a big moment for her because otherwise around this period, she's in like a Danny DeVito comedy and like, yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff. The, the show is actually good and it ran for, I think two or three seasons from like 2009 to 2011. I watched the first two episodes and it's good. I mean, she's she gets in the shtick in this era where she is playing the angsty teen daughter because that's kind of, I mean, that's how old she is slash looks. So she's in Just Peck, which is a teen comedy um, where she plays the cool girl with huge curls, <laughs> just huge curled hair. Um, then she's in Tanner Hall, which is a Rooney Mara sort of coming of age film about four girls in the boarding school and she's like the mm-hmm. sexy <laughs> school girl one um greenberg in 2010 she is noah Baumbach's comedy starring greta gerwig um and she pops in at the end as sort of this sexy co-ed who has a weird i don't even know if it's a flirtation with ben stiller's character but she's like there yeah <laughs> Because I saw, I've seen this movie and I, again, did not remember that she was yeah. in it. So I was like, okay. Yeah. She's in, she's in a number of these where you're sort of like blink and you miss her kind of a vibe. <laughs> yeah. Blin's in the background, just another girl. Um, but I did try to rewatch like some of the clips on YouTube and whatnot. And there is a certain je ne sais quoi to how she is able to sort of be a chameleon, even within this very... Uh, typecasted situation where she goes from being the sexy girl to being the you know girl next door to being the troubled girl like I think you can see her stretching her muscles and you can see why she was getting success without the usual like you know nepotism or whatnot like she she was able to prove that she had a sizzle reel that worked right so you can start to see why it's laying the groundwork for what comes uh sort of a theory of her acting that I was putting together in this. I think that in these earlier movies where she is obviously doing well because she continues to get better, bigger parts. She is often sort of a, she's not the lead Mm -hmm. and she is sort of like sticking in one mode as the character. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not like a real person mode so much as like angsty or annoyed or whatever. And I think that that sort of works for her. I think that once she goes it more recently, when she started having to be the leading lady, it's Mm. been trickier because she's had to play more of a straight person. And I think that she is better as sort of like an oddball something. Like, I think that she would be good in like a knives out Mm. scenario where she can kind of like ham it up a little bit, but she hasn't really gotten the chance to do that. And then I think that in room and, um, a short term 12, which are her two strongest, like leading performances, which we'll get to. She's sort of like kind of accidentally stumbles into something (laughs) 
that works really well with her personality that, again, we don't get to. But yeah, I think in these tinier roles, she is fun when she's sort of like being something a little different. Yeah, because one of the ones that I hadn't watched but watched for this episode was Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is probably one of her more well-known beginning movies just because it's the biggest one. Um, She plays Mm -hmm. sort of the crazy (laughs) ex-girlfriend and i was surprised how much i enjoyed it because it was so starkly different she has a sort of voice affectation um she's being she's kind of this it's so stylized yeah Yeah. so she's having like fun it's very theatrical weird her boyfriend is like a magical vegan like it's all just a weird show (laughs) happy to have seen it um and she is kind of a charming piece in it uh and so, yeah, I think I believe in her acting abilities, <laughs> but you're right that there is something that changes when she has to carry the banner, so to speak. Yeah. Then she's in this movie Rampart with Woody Harrelson. Yeah. That's like a dirty cop movie. Um, but I don't think that's a big role. I didn't she watch got that. Some, Did you? I saw like half of it through YouTube preparing for this, but she got some good reviews for being this. Um, raging emotional abandoned daughter and I think that sort of speaks to why she started getting these more serious roles because she kind of proved herself capable of channeling this sort of angst beyond just teenage uh, (laughs) spirit Um, but yeah she she was good it was it was a good movie I mean it got like 74 percent it's one of her higher rated (laughs) Uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores. Because that's another thing that I think she got sort of unlucky with is a bunch of these movies just did horribly (laughs) in the box office uh, and and like with the reviews. Like, Remember the Days, Housebroken, Just Peck, Tanner Hall, um, Hoot. Yeah, uh, all abysmal. And she's got a couple more of the uh, um, variety coming up as well. So... (laughs) It's like, I think that she was getting roles in some of, and and a lot of the reviews that I was reading about these movies, they were like, oh, like Brie Larson is great, but the movie's <laughs> bad, you know? So it's tough to really build a career off of that. But I think it speaks to why it was such a, a slow but steady build. Like it wasn't like Tiffany Haddish where she does this one big thing and suddenly it's like, whoa, you just gotta be in everything. You were so funny in Girls Trip. Like, let's do it. It was like, oh yeah, that movie was bad, but this girl was good. So let's put her in another thing and try it. And so she's just like got these stepping stones to the, through these weird roles because her her next one, she has this like weird one indie film called The Trouble with Bliss where she's another seductive teen. She's like a 18 year old who's in a relationship with this loser 35 year old dude. Um, and then she gets um, 21 Jump Street with Jonah Hill and uh, in 2012. Well, and you can also tell that she must be like a fun person to sort of work with or an easy person to work with because she kind of has repeat like collaborators Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, she'll show up in this and then an actor from that will show up in the next thing. So it's like she likes working, I think, with the same people or people like working with her. She does. She's not someone who seems like is difficult to be on set with. Um I have seen 21 Jump Street and this was another movie that I would not have been able to tell you that she was in. (laughs) She is like the lead girl in it, basically. Um, Joan Hill's sort of love interest. (laughs) 
Yeah, but again, at the point that I saw this, I didn't know who Brie Larson was, yeah. and I, yeah, hadn't put the pieces together. The first one that I, like, remember noticing her and, like, remembering her role enough as she became more famous is her next one, which is The Spectacular Now, um, which is Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller's, like, teen drama, which I'm pretty sure came out after the... the for stars, the forgotten stars of Fern yeah. Gully. The, um, but it's very like fantastic. It's, it's a very Fox. serious drama. Miles Teller plays like an alcoholic teen, and and um, Brie Larson is his ex girlfriend. There's something like it's like a love triangle esque thing, but it's like actually a very sweet film, very well made. Um, make Shailene Woodley seem normal as she became more weird um, in her public persona. And they all do a really good job. And I, I saw it when it sort of came out on DVD or whatever. And I was like, wow, that was like, that was like when I clocked her and I was like, oh, that was like, she was good. And so if you haven't seen that movie, I really liked it. I remember thinking the cover is really pretty too. I didn't. I didn't watch it. I like uh, hate Miles oh, Teller, yes. sort yeah. of. <laughs> Understandable. Um, so I was like, that <laughs> <laughs> of uh, like I had a list of things that I wanted to watch that she was in, and that was towards the <laughs> bottom of it, and I did not get That's to it. Fair so enough. I was like, oh darn. Um, um, she also pops up also- in Community. Um, for an episode to be Abed's yes. love interest, which was a fun uh, surprise. So- Community and um, she's also in Don John, which is ah, yes. the Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, film where he's him and Scarlett Johansson are uh, like very New Jersey people <laughs> and he's addicted to pornography. And both that and Community, I watched like after the fact. So upon revisiting them, I was like, oh, there's Brie Larson. Oh, she's doing a good job in this. Mm. And Don John, she's sort of like the snarky sister to um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and is like pretty funny in it. Um, So I feel like I watched that at some point fairly soon after Room came out. And I was like, oh, she's good in things like like she, I didn't know her very much before, but like she has some good stuff under her belt. Yeah, and and like you said, Community is one where she was meant to be this one bit role, but then she reprised it for a couple episodes in 2014. So I think people do like she has a nice reputation, like you were saying. And Short Term Twelve, um, which was kind of like her mini break into the being noted by the industry. Yes, um, was directed by. Uh, Oh, Destin, Destin Daniel, Daniel Cretton, who she worked with before and definitely after. Maybe this was their first one together, but they became. I good. think this was their first. Yeah, thing. they became yes. collaborators. But he's, yeah, she's been in all of his movies since yeah. then. Um, and for better or for worse <laughs> short term 12 is really great Love it's it. it's a weird movie because like every person in it has basically gone on to become famous even though none Iconic, of them were famous yeah. at the time it's like lakeith stanfield and um the girl from book smart caitlin mm, deaver uh, and uh bohemian rhapsody guy <laughs> rami uh, malik oh poor guy <laughs> and and she, it was an indie, but like everybody loved it. She got nominated for an Indie Spirit Award. I feel like this was one of those movies where 
everybody was like, oh, it's so yeah. good. Like she should get nominated for things, but it's just like not big enough. And this is where my theory on her acting, I think, comes in. This and Room. She is very in her like straight person roles or where she's sort of the lead. She's very um, sort of kind of like nice, but also there is a little bit of a kind of barrier, I think, between her and the camera. She's not fully, uh, like you don't watch her, I feel like, and immediately um, like get a full emotional connection. There's like a little bit of a, of like a glass barrier. And I think that maybe that comes in part because she's used to some of these roles where she's more playing a character and less playing like an actual person. There's sort of, I guess, maybe like a lack of vulnerability mm-hmm. there in some ways. But I think that works really, really well in Short Term mm-hmm. 12 and in Room because in both of those movies she's playing a character who's like more of a caretaker and so the other person in the scene is the one who is usually has the bigger emotion and she sort of has to like keep it together for the other person and so you her having like a barrier in between her and the audience works because she also sort of has a barrier in between her and whatever the situation is going on because she's in these like really traumatic, difficult situations that her character is having to deal with. And so I think whatever her like natural state is as sort of a main character works really, really well in both of those two roles in a way that it does not work in something like Captain Marvel or Kong Skull Island, where she, where there feels like a weird, like you don't quite get a connection with the character and you're sort of like, what's going on here a little bit more. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Well, and I think it's also interesting the way she talks about how she connected with these roles because I mean, for the most part, she's like, obviously, my life's very different, but she did have a little bit of that, like, like trauma with her dad not being involved and not understanding that as a young kid. And also the poverty of her childhood, where she did talk about how she could relate to these sort of traumatized figures in a small way. And I think that allows it to feel like authentic um like she knows what she's doing like she like with short-term 12 even when she is kind of more stoic and reserved and kind of what you might argue is flat in other like that was the criticism of Captain Marvel is that she's so flat but I think in something like short-term 12 it felt like she was able to release that tension in a really real way when she was like smashing up the window um, it's a big scene. She, when she has her emotional payoff in these sort of traumatized um, stories, there is this sense that she connected to that. Whereas I think it might be harder for her um, to play parts where she's meant to be the lead in a way that doesn't she doesn't relate to right. Like as the sort of weirder, um, quirky girl. I think she has an easier time putting on something either over the top, like Scott Pilgrim and bopping in for five minutes and remember the days. But if she's carrying a film, (laughs) I think she needs something to latch onto and she's less familiar with how to be like a cool girl, like 
Carol Danvers is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. She's better with like characters and less of like human people. (laughs) I don't know why. Um, I mean, I mean, when she was promoting Short Term 12, like one of the interviewers, she was like, oh, yeah, when I was like in a dark place, I would just design typefaces. Like she just spent (laughs) her free time drawing out new fonts. And that's that's her. Like, I think that's like the weirdness that kind of operates in her mind. And I think that's why it's kind of like she leads an insular life in her personal life too. So I think she can lean into that with characters like short term 12, whereas it's harder to kind of find the verbose energy that maybe something like Kong Skull Island calls for. I mean, I think that there are some actors who are just very, very gifted actors and are, you know, equally good or uh, lots of different types of roles. I think a lot of actors, especially of the like more movie star variety are good when they are a certain type of character that fits with sort of who they are as a person. And if they go too far outside of that wheelhouse, it doesn't quite click, but if they can sort of manage to land in the right role, then it, works perfectly for them i mean like this is a very different example but like sylvester stallone (laughs) is not a great actor in a general sense (laughs) but in the role of like rocky he is very good or like in creed he's good because it's sort of using who he is as a person and what he is like capable of doing in a way that works or like Kristen stewart i think is another one who like Mm -hmm you sort of like she is her person she cannot be anything sort of but herself (laughs) but if you can figure out how to put her use her as a human in the role then it clicks sometimes where in something like twilight and maybe doesn't as much because she's having to play someone who's like not that yeah and i think it's also important to remember that like we were saying she had been able to up to a point play sort of a chameleon who disappears into the roles while also being sort of standout moments in these movies um because we didn't know her and i think it's interesting that as she becomes more popular it is easier to criticize her acting because it feels less like acting almost like it feels like yeah oh, it's just your same awkward sort of weird sarcastic shtick. Because in, um, well, she does a movie called The Gambler, which I did not see in 2014. Yeah, that, it's a Mark Wahlberg movie. I didn't watch and it either. got bad reviews. then she's Amy Schumer's sister in Trainwreck, sort of a type A good girl. She's fine. She's a yes. good sister. And this, I re- that I remembered her. Like, when I saw Room, I was like, oh, that's the girl from Trainwreck. Because yeah. Trainwreck came out the summer before. And Trainwreck did very okay. well in theaters. Like, was a huge yes. hit. And she has a decently sized role. Yeah. In and she's great. And then she does this yeah. weird Jack John- Jake Johnson movie, Digging for Fire, in 2015. Which is very, very similar in vibes to his Drinking with Friends one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, also, it's apparently like all improv, basically, I was reading. But it has like a huge ensemble cast, like Anna Kendrick, Orlando Bloom, Stan Rockwell. And Brie Larson comes in as sort of this like call girl who gets into, it's never like sexualized. She's just like brought on to start (laughs) such a weird movie. He finds like a bone and and a gun and decides to start digging to find out what else is there. And his wife's unhappy with it and leaves and then is like a relationship thing and whatever. So she kind of pops in as sort of this figure that's meant to tempt him, but never in like a sexual way. She's a very much a cool girl. 
And then it just nothing happens, like, you know, an indie film goes. So it was fine. She was fine. And then you have Room, which was a huge success. I think to your point, a lot of it was from the perspective of Jacob Tremblay. And he's so charming and so energetic and so present that it highlights um, Brie Larson's sort of uh kind of standoffishness and and compartmentalizing her pain and trauma which i think works because we're seeing it from a child's perspective and so her wooden maybe mannerisms make sense in the context of the film and i remember seeing this after it won the oscar i'm being like yeah that was good <laughs> So I read this book when it came out, like in 2008 or whenever it would have been, like early. And I loved it. I Mm -hmm. thought it was so good. It was like a big bestseller. Um, And the, yeah, it's so, it's such a, I think, difficult role and one that she plays perfectly in herself of that she gets kidnapped when she's, Uh, like a teenager she gets impregnated by the man who is keeping her she's stuck in this um shed in the in his backyard and then has this baby that she has to raise so by the time she's raising you know the movie is starting he's what like six or so and so she like obviously she's in this very traumatic situation where she's being held hostage and being raped every night. But she also has this kid who doesn't know any better than this world that he's in. He doesn't know anything outside the shed and she can't make him feel like it's traumatic. So she does have to really like create this distance through the first half of the movie. And then in the second half of the movie, she sort of like gets to have a like kind of a meltdown Mm -hmm. as she, figures out how to re-enter back into the real world as an adult when she left it as a teenager. And the, yeah, Jacob Tremblay, it was just so magnetic in the movie and in the whole press tour afterwards that I think everybody was just like obsessed with them. And Brie and him seemed to have like this really cute, fun relationship Mm -hmm. on red carpets and stuff. So it was like, you just loved them. And she was good in the movie. The movie was also like a small indie. So from A24. So I think there was just like a lot of really solid energy around it. And also that year was a very, like a notoriously weak year in the best actress category, which usually is pretty good. Because the Oscar nominees are like Kate Blanchett, who's in Carol, but she had won two years before. Jennifer Lawrence, who's in Joy, but she had won a couple years before. Saoirse Ronan in Brooklyn, which... Is yes, but like Sersha was also like even though Brie Larson was young and we and like this was one of like sort of her breakout role. I feel like Sersha Ronan still felt like a child to most people because that was before Lady Bird. It was before Little Women, and so nobody. So I feel like she didn't really have that much heat. And then the other option was Charlotte Rampling, who is much, much older, but in a movie that sort of like no one saw and is like an austere romance about like old people. Mm -hmm. So 
so Brie Larson was just like such an appealing figure because she's so nice. And here's Jacob Tremblay and she's in this movie that really revolves around her performance completely. So you can see she won like every single award. There wasn't any guessing that she would win Best Actress because she'd swept everything beforehand, which doesn't always happen. Mm. Um, So even though it sort of feels weird looking back that she won this because like you know, this was kind of her, the first movie that she had been in that a lot of people had probably seen or like recognized her for. She was, she was just sort of like this, the whole thing around room was like the right place at the right time. And she was like the right skill set that they needed in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like it just all like clicked in a weird way. Yeah. And it kind of, yeah, it it launched her into a a public eye that she wasn't used to. And this is when she talked about how she'd been introduced by Woody Harrelson to, Emma Stone and and um, and Jennifer Lawrence, which also speaks to sort of her character that this guy she starred in years ago was like, oh, like looking out for her still. And and they became sort of like helping each other out, helping carry her. And you do start to see her struggle with like how to navigate the public eye, um, especially with the decision to join the MCU. Uh, like I said, that's announced in 2016. So just a year after Room came out, let alone the same year of her Oscar win. And you can kind of see that where she does try to become this sort of austere social justice. Like if I could, I would quit acting and just work to save the world because what else is there type thing, which feels a little bit like I mean, that's obviously not completely true. And also, like, what does that mean to you? Not that I don't, I think she does really believe in the causes she stands for, but I think she was trying to figure out how to vocalize and use her privilege in a way that worked. And this is when she immediately comes out swinging and saying, like, as, like, I insisted, like, as she should, that Captain Marvel wouldn't be wearing one of those bathing suits that, And I knew that I would want my press junkets to have a diverse uh, body of press, which is a good, normal, good step that should be normalized. Um, But it immediately like made everyone think, oh, is she like, is she like hoity-toity? Is she too big for her britches? Like she wins one award and now she's just thinking she's the (laughs) the messiah of uh, social justice warriors everywhere. Yeah. and she kind of she kind of has a weird year because from one she starts to book more, but also other things she worked on start to come out. <laughs> yeah, um, she has the 2016 movie Free Fire, which is sort of a 1970s. Uh, I don't know, like action yeah, like, like a comedy shoot 'em up type thing. Martin Scorsese. I saw. I think this came out in the heyday of um, Movie Pass, if I remember oh, correctly. Yeah. And I I remember seeing this in theaters and thinking it was fun. Oh, but oh, good. Did, was she good? I didn't see this one. Um. Yeah. It's it's like an ensemble movie, and it's another one of those uh movies that has a bunch of people who sort of like went on to bigger and better things because or maybe <laughs> not in some cases because like army hammer is in it um th- it's like five people and they're all sort of like a, a standoff in a like in a warehouse if oh, i'm so remembering like correctly train. i haven't seen bullet train well, just the trailers right there's like 17 assassins on a train Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes, I did. I saw the bullet train trailer for some kind of, um, uh, 
it was like after this after the movies like survey thing they're like we'll give you a ten dollar gift card if you take this survey about so i just had to stand there and watch the trailer (laughs) on an ipad and then answer a million questions like do you like do you remember the rain that was in the trailer it's like i I don't know do i how fun would you be more likely to go see this movie if there was more rain or less rain you're like i don't know that's amazing um oh yeah army hammers Mm. in it cillian murphy um yeah, it's a it's like a fun cast, but but yes, a very small movie that uh, that she had starred in pre room. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to remember the exact dates of the release, but I think Kong Skull Island comes out first in 2017. Yes, and that's like the one I saw her in, and that was when I was like, "Oh, this is bad." Like I did not like that movie. <laughs> Famously disagreed with the critics on that one. I feel like she was so awkward in it. I will never forgive her for did being. Critics like that movie. I mean, they thought it was fun. It's it's. I mean, I think so. I mean, I think it's one of the in like the seventies. Uh, seventy-five percent, seventy percent audience score. We definitely must have talked about this at the when we did the um, episode on the last one. But oh yeah, seventy-five percent. I remember watching this with my like entire extended family and thinking this movie is terrible, yes. and we sort of just like made fun of it the whole time. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but people decided it was a good time. Like it was so. I don't know. I don't know. This is a Samuel L. Jackson one. She. It was sort of campy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, but I wish they'd done better with it, and I wish she'd had more fun. Um, I think she tries. I I remember being very frustrated that she never took a single picture, even though she had the camera the whole time. It, it, she took a couple pictures of like the locals <laughs> but never of the monkey which i never understood um she's like a war photographer who wants her big break it's a whole thing she's starting off at tom hiddleston um and it was meant to be his launch into leading man and it didn't work for him and i don't think this does her many favors um but it does remain one of her better movies for the next few years <laughs> I mean, you can tell, though, that, like, I'm sure that they came to her, like, imme- like at some point during that Oscar season after Room is out and said, hey, like, up until now, how much money have you been making uh, per movie? You know, like a couple thousand dollars yeah. will give you a huge chunk of change to be in this you know giant new movie that is in a series that like could go places if it goes well like you can see how she immediately jumped on this because she did probably need cash and this was going to pay a lot Well, and it's like a pretty mild leading lady like like she talked about how she was glad she didn't have to like suddenly wear heels and like strut around new york city like she's wearing a tank top and shoes and like she doesn't have makeup on so congrats to her (laughs) well because also then that year come the glass castle comes out which is um which is another movie starring or that's made by daniel or dustin daniel cretton so you can see like the two of them are pairs and it's a based on a very very best-selling memoir that's very um emotional but for whatever reason, this movie just like does not land at all. No one goes and sees I it. Did. The <laughs> performance is <laughs> yeah. It's just like for whatever reason, it worked really, really well as a book and did not work well as a movie. And I can see again why she chose this because like it's a collaborator with someone who 
she knows well and she likes. It's based on a big property. It's a big meaty role, mm-hmm. you know, in theory. And then it just like never, it didn't come yeah. together. Yeah, I try. I was trying to remember why I didn't like it. It just kind of felt boring. Um, almost like Goldfinchy, you know, where it's like, huh, this didn't work. Like it, it doesn't, it chose the wrong things to focus. And I think also you run into the problem where you're distracted by like, oh, this is Brie Larson. And so it feels like she's trying to, I don't know, like there's something try hard about her her couple things that she does here but I did have a soft spot for the unicorn store (laughs) the unicorn store I just watched this was her directorial debut which again she starred in it and she starred in it but like this is uh, I've understood her like ever since her literary blog and whatever back like in the early heyday. I've I feel like we've understood her choices. Now we've reached another point, and uh, I feel like the point in her career where I'm confused again <laughs> because she. I guess like it sort of makes sense that you would go straight for, like that you would try your hand at directing, but usually actors wait longer before they get well, into directing. To be fair, directing in 2014, something. she wrote and directed yes. a short film that won yes. a Sundance Jury Prize. Yeah, she 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 was doing shorts before, so I can see like yes, but I would think like okay, you just won your Oscar, like get some really good acting roles before you like try to take on directing things and the and also this movie is just so (laughs) bizarre it like it's it's not a good movie (laughs) it came out in festivals it didn't do well eventually it made its way to netflix but like a year or so later because this movie came out in 2017 but i don't think it hit netflix until like 2019 maybe maybe i don't remember where i talked about it on one of our rankings so maybe 2018 yes um but yeah i i think the answer is in the question i think the unicorn store shows a lot of what's going on in brie larson's head like not that she's like you know believing in unicorns but i think she just there's no harm in it like she's just like well i'll just do what i want like who is it hurting i'm not responsible for anyone i don't owe anyone anything like if I'm interested in directing this weird movie I'll do it because it makes me happy it's like she's just the ultimate um chase you chase what you love uh if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life type vibes yeah I guess because the movie's about a girl who like gets a weird you know her parents want her to get a boring office job she has a weird she gets a weird note from samuel L. jackson who's like oh actually you've always wanted a unicorn i can give you a unicorn but you have to build this like barn in your backyard befitting of a unicorn yes. and so she you know with the help of a cast of characters sort of gets this barn together and then it's these question of well is there actually a unicorn is she being swindled uh it's very like bright colors and rainbows and she's into art and she's yeah but like there's not a plot (laughs) to it really like nothing interesting happens in it and she was saying like she did not write the script she found the script and it really just like spoke to her and i'm like this script is terrible (laughs) this movie is terrible why would like how i think it's it speaks to something we're not allowed to seek after once we grow up it's the 
it's the joy that like childhoodness where you could just love something or want something or dream for something and not have to like hustle. It's just about like the journey, right? Like I, I think there's something really charming no. about it. Like, no, it's not a perfect movie. It is poorly written. It's, it deserved a few more edits and it, it may be apologizing, I mean, but I think the sentiment and the reason she's I, good in it is because it feels like authentic. Well, to her. she's not, she is, nothing good is happening in this movie she the sentiment i understand what you're describing uh, this movie is not like hitting on that in any sort of <laughs> i feel like interesting or poignant way yeah. like there is a version of this story that is more interesting but the fact that it's like unicorns and the fact that she's so like i like to doodle it's just like i, I mean i just watched this <laughs> yesterday two days ago yeah, and it was delivering it, nothing <laughs> Okay, I mean, it is a controversial um, opinion of mine, um, but I do think it does. Like, there's something natural about her performance in this that you don't, that you didn't see in some of her other stuff to come out. Um, I mean, she she definitely like this movie feels like her, and that it's sort of it's like chipper, but in kind of a bland way. <laughs> it's it sort of feels. Like, it's not fully thought out, but it's trying hard. It's sort of earnest. Like, she doesn't, it doesn't feel out of place for her to be in it at all. But it doesn't, it's not, like, working in any way, shape, or form. Well, Um, you hit the real, uh, the real risk in her, the real trauma in her career. The the turning point when um, (laughs) Basmati Blues comes out in 2018. Um, So, this is... (laughs) We got, what would, I think it was Peacock. When I was in Florida during the pandemic, my aunt and uncle got, I think they downloaded Peacock onto their, you know, computer or whatever, because that was coming out. And we were like, oh, what movies are on Peacock? Let's flip through these. And so we're going through the, you know, the catalog and we come onto this movie and and the cover or the the icon is sort of it's like a photo, but it's kind of stylized. And I was like, oh, that looks like Brie Larson. But it's this movie called Basmati Blues, which I've never heard of in my entire life. And we're all like, no, that's not her. But we're like, oh, who is it? So we click on it and it's like, no, it is her in this Bollywood musical. And I was like, if this was a real movie, like we would have, like someone would know about this, right? Like how does nobody know? Like, how have I never heard of this? No one's ever heard of it. It's like the the greatest secret of the world is that there is this psychotic Brie Larson musical. That's like a Bollywood film called Basmati blues, where she plays a scientist (laughs) who creates weird chemical rice and travels to India in order to sell it. Yeah. It's the most unhinged film. I, we didn't watch it then because it looks stupid, <laughs> but I watched it today and it uh, like, honestly, so it's bad. So it's bad. good. <laughs> like I, it's a, it's a horrific movie, but it is so weird. Like Donald Sutherland is in it. Um, the, the rapper guy from pitch perfect is in it. Like, the cast is so strange. This was made prior to oh, Room, yeah. and then it just took a long time coming out. It so like, it's like we can't we can't really fault her for <laughs> when she right, picked yeah. the, or when she accepted oh. this role because they were like, "Oh, you get to be the lead in a musical," and she's obviously a yeah. singer. And 
so I can see why she took it. But like truly a deranged <laughs> film. Yeah, it was originally filmed in 2013. So back when she was still doing her like side roles and like the trouble with Bliss and Don John, um, they had to like stop filming because of monsoon season. And so then they had to come back to filming in 2015. But then they sat on it probably for good reason until they realized, oh, wait, Brie Larson is in this. And they just tried to release it and it got, I don't think, I think it was, it was straight to some sort of service. I think it was straight to like VOD. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it came out in 2018. I never heard of it. I don't think anyone ever heard of it. I think someone paid a lot of money to make sure people didn't hear about it because it's very... But I don't know why because it is like... Like, the music's kind of catchy, and it's, like, so weird. <laughs> like, this this could have a Rocky Horror-type, well, you know, lifespan, like, I feel. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of weird racism and stereotyping of an entire culture and kind of um, white savior trope of this girl coming in to cause a problem and then save the day. Um, I do know that there was a little heat around this movie when people saw the trailer <laughs> because they had to apologize for the trailer, the creators of the film. And we're like, um, maybe the trailer came off as poor taste, but the movie really isn't like, you have to give it a chance. It's not, we, we don't condone like racism or. <laughs> I mean, I found it like, is it the least problematic film ever? Like, is it perfect? No, but the movie is so bad. And so, just like every choice is so strange. Like, why would you make a film all about like this? Right. It's almost like it wants to sort of be Michael Clayton and, <laughs> you know, be talking about like, like, you know, the, the uh, like big pharma sort of whatever industries, but then it's, but then it's also a Bollywood number, but it's also like has all these musicals songs in it that sort of like don't fit or make sense with it. like i mean bollywoods are famously like over over the top like there are like these big arching dramas happening but the crazy thing about this is that in one hand it's so over the top and in the other hand it's so mundane yeah. and like the dullest possible <laughs> conflict you can have like it's all about rice <laughs> and like oh will the rice grow better if we use this weed can we replant the rice from the next year <laughs> to like it's the movie's so deranged mm. that i almost think that whatever like political sentiment is on is like not even really valid because this is like in a dream world somewhere <laughs> uh, you know like well i mean if uh, like i understand the like like it was a misrepresentation then i think we have to take them at their word I, well yeah <laughs> no yes obviously and like it is white saviory 100 percent, but it's also it's like very weird i I'm not recommending <laughs> this movie to anybody because I'm like, the lessons are no, really yeah. good in it. I'm like, you should watch this movie because it is <laughs> like the fact that, that a group of people put money together and decided that this was a project that they were going to make yeah. over several years because there was a monsoon and they still went back and finished it is There's like a part where she's on a train, like a full on train and she pulls out, <laughs> she pulls out a full microscope, like a, like an entire microscope. There's a part where she's dancing around <laughs> Madison Square Park in New York City. Yeah. Like the Donald Sutherland <laughs> musical number is bonkers. There's all of this plot line about like um 
like unhooking things from a train yeah, it's, and it's, it's the funniest so thing strange. in her entire career i don't know how she feels about it i i hope a little embarrassed um i don't know if she's ever mentioned it i don't think there was any press around this movie release <laughs> but it exists it's there and it has 10 percent. you know how like videos. like aloha with emma stone is terrible and feels like everybody who was involved in that process like knew better and yet still did it and it like feels very sort of creepy and cringy this feels somehow less of that and more of like it mesmerizingly yeah it's like finding an old tape of like Anne Hathaway's high school production it's like OMG this is so bad but it's like how can you look away (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and it's immediately followed by Captain Marvel uh, in 2019. 19, um, yeah. Which we talked about. I think we both felt meh about it. I wanted to like it more. I really did. But she does this. I think I liked oh, it yeah, more you than did. you did, if I'm you remembering did. right. I, this is where I was like, huh, is Brie Larson talented? Because I do not like how she portrayed this character. And it felt just kind of stiff. And I think she was going for snarky and like self-confident, but it just came across as like very wooden and kind of nonchalant. And I wish they would have either leaned into that more and kind of explained it as, oh, she has no memories. So she is sort of like helplessly robotic. Or they could have just let her, I don't know, relax, do some yoga before the shot. Like they're just... I never believed her energy. Like it felt so one note the whole time that I couldn't be excited during her emotional moments because it didn't feel, I don't know. I, I try, I hate that I'm, I hate that any, anything I say about this movie could be used as like the, uh, you know, MCU bros being like, see, she's bad at it. Um, because I think they were outrageously critical of this film and the review bombing and like all this hatred and asking to recast her is totally ridiculous. Um, but I don't think this is her strongest role by far. No, and she's not getting a straight sequel necessarily yeah. either. So it's um so clearly they did. But not I will also say think- I don't blame her entirely. I think I think the script went through a lot of like a lot of hands, a lot of rewrites, as most Marvel movies do, and it wasn't yeah, that, just it wasn't the greatest story. Uh, yeah, and I, I sort of like there are good performances in Marvel movies for sure, but I don't. Between the script and all of the VOD stuff and all of like that you're acting against yeah. you know, green screen and mm. there's not another person in the room. Like, I don't know if that... That's true. Is, it's an interesting point. Like, I don't know how much I blame her yeah. for this and how much I blame, you know, the editing and all kinds of other things. Also, like... We started out with Iron Man, who is a sort of cult of personality, and we have gotten some other really great um, superheroes sort of along the way or characters with, you know, I think Thor sort of like eventually found himself. But I don't know if like is Black Widow, is Captain America, is Hawkeye, like are these characters who are really delivering that much more than Brie Larson is in 
Captain Marvel? I don't know. Like, they're not that interesting to me, <laughs> right. at least. I think they're interesting um, to the audience that decided they hated everything uh, Brie Larson right. did. Yes. But yeah, I think there was an, a heavy lens on this because, again, it was the first like first woman-led Marvel movie <laughs> in a decade. So that's pretty sad, but it meant that there was a lot but, of attention on it too. I mean, and also like we talked about with Turning Red and the 9-11 stuff, or like we talked about with um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, like if people don't want to like a movie, they can come up with a bazillion reasons not to like it. And I think that we're in a different sort of multiverse everybody watches this and goes oh yeah that movie was like fun Brie Larson was fine everybody has their got their microscope out on the train and we're ready for a bad performance from Brie Larson I think yeah I I agree but I'm also like I wasn't expecting it to be bad but I just did not like her and I think it might be to your point where she didn't have anyone to act against because she was doing CGI and she had a lot of scenes with just like one person so it wasn't like as energetic as maybe some of these other ensemble type marvel movies also the de-aged uh (laughs) samuel l jackson so i don't know what that energy was and also you don't know what the direct like the directors could have been telling her like no we need captain marvel to be more like serious sort of unless yeah Yeah, it'll be interesting um, to see what they do because what else happens in the Marvel world is Endgame comes out, which she filmed before Captain Marvel. So you have like three different costume changes for her with like she shows up in full makeup with a blowout when she first shows up. And then towards the end of the movie, she suddenly has this buzz cut and they were trying to like iron out who she would be. So I think it was kind of a messy launch to begin with, I think they could have sat with the story a little bit better longer, but they felt rushed because, oh, yeah, they hadn't had a female led film. Um, and I think it's an interesting character, and I hope the next one goes a little better. <laughs> but yeah, she doesn't have the best luck with MCU opinions. Um, but she was, I mean, yeah, I, I hope for better. I do. <laughs> I want to believe in her. She- she does pop back up again briefly in Shang-Chi, yes. which Dustin Daniel Crutton also does. Um, but yeah, we're sort of just like waiting on what they end up doing with her in the Marvel Universe. I kind of like how they are now interweaving things a oh, bit more. With, uh, well, uh, where they're less reliant on one mm-hmm. person. Like it feels like with... Uh, like with the new Doctor Strange movie, it's like Doctor Strange, but it's also WandaVision is, you know, a main character. I think you so instead of about this uh, at the beginning of the phase four discussion. Well, so here's <laughs> the thing. I, I find it annoying that you have to watch all 900 of these things because I'm not going to watch all of these TV yeah. shows. But I think that it takes some pressure off of some of these mm. actors and and makes for some more interesting type movies when you have when it's not one good guy versus one bad right. guy in each film and it's like okay we're bringing thor back and now it's just thor versus a new mm. villain but instead it's like okay well we have thor but then we're also going to throw in you know like Haley steinfeld from hawkeye and then we're also going to have captain marvel be in it so it's like there's it i feel like it gives 
people a little bit more room where you could bring back Captain Marvel and not have her be a lead and have to carry the movie, but have her be sort of like a snarky supporting character that would work better for who Brie Larson is. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. I think um, I do want to believe in her capabilities and I feel like it'd be interesting to see her play a character that she didn't like someone that she could be a little bit more theatrical and campy with as the main character. Because I, like we said, like some of her better roles are where she just has these 15 minute appearances and is able to just be over the top in whatever way she needs to be for that role. Um, Whereas all of her main characters have been either serious or quasi like her where they're kind of like snarky and awkward around people who don't know how to read their energy. <laughs> I will say, so the the last movie that's on her filmography that we haven't talked about yet is Just yes. Mercy, which came out in 2019. And I really did like this movie. And I thought it's Michael B. Jordan and Brie Larson are the leads. And then who is the, they're trying to get somebody out of jail, but I can't remember who the, or he's like on death row, but I can't remember who, which actor it is. Who's in that role. Um, but I, she's like a Southern, I think they're in the South and she's sort of like a Southern um, uh, lawyer and Michael Jamie B. Jordan Fox. like comes in from out of town, Jamie Foxx. And she's the local and, um, and she's sort of like frazzled and she's a mm-hmm. mom and she has a Southern accent. And it's in like the nineties, I think. And she's kind of got big hair <laughs> and she does get, She's like the mouthy one, too, of the group where she's sort of like hauling off and yelling at the other locals in town. And I liked her in that role. For whatever reason, that movie sort of got went nowhere as as far as an awards campaign went. But I watching that, I was like, oh, okay. I think Brie Larson is a good actress. Michael B. Jordan is a great actor. And I felt like the two of them worked well together and had good chemistry. So I have faith that there is like that Brie Larson does have more to give and that she is actually good at some things. I think she just, we need to steer her away from the sort of um, like bland leading role, like moral compass character (laughs) and put her in more roles that are a little bit weird. Yeah. Like honestly, having just watched the trailer for don't worry, darling, I'd love to see her try something like that or something like, I don't know, just something a little bit further from herself, because I think she says that she seeks out roles that are different from her, but they're still usually like, to your point, kind of the feminist icon, like uh, standing for something. And she kind of gets Cheery. like, I don't know, stuck in this one note. Uh... Like put her in a horror movie <laughs> yeah. or like, I yeah, just like break her out of, of like her own head of who yeah. she needs to be because <laughs> yeah. i think there's something that takes it too seriously if it feels too close i don't know i'd have to really sit with it but there's something that works in short term 12 that isn't working in uh, uh captain marvel and i want to figure it out because i actually really just like i like brie larson as a person <laughs> But then, since Just Mercy, uh, she was in Shang-Chi, but, like, very briefly. But all since then, she has 
released the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. which was during the pandemic. So granted, like, sure, she had some time on her hands, but she's like kept it going yeah. now for a year or so. And then she also won an Emmy because her and her husband made this sort of like VR uh, like experience movie TV show thing um, where you sort of like lived through uh, like different kind of traumatic experiences in a VR scape. Like the first one was a um, like a, like you're a, a black person who gets pulled over by the police, uh, which uh, like makes sense with her political stuff, but again, feels like a totally like <laughs> uh, now she's d- directing like VR movies and she's doing YouTube stuff and she's <laughs> acting like it's just like Brie. Like, what are you, you doing? Up sourdough starters, and she decided to try VR. Like, I don't understand the problem. It's she's just so like bonk. I'm like Brie. We need you to get in some good <laughs> roles. Well, Fate Tag like, 2023. I, I mean, 10. I guess. Um, I don't think that is the <laughs> answer for her, though. You know? Like, I think that's exactly the kind of role we don't want her we'll to take. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe they'll give her, like, maybe she'll be, like, the new, uh, uh, dang it, Wonder Woman. What's her name? Greta? No. G- Gal Gadot. Oh, Gal Gadot. And she'll be able to be, like, this the sexy one and uh was gal gadot in a fast and furious oh, yeah, movie? yeah 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 oh yeah i think i think we need her to play like more bonkers things <laughs> like i i feel like she's she's not gonna be in the new fast and furious movie as like svetlana the russian spy she's going to be like you know vin diesel's nerdy sister scientist or whatever, who understands who... rice and the importance of yeah <laughs> cultivating we gotta get in the car van get in the car yeah all the indians come with me oh sorry whoops yeah i think it'll be i mean that's what i kind of like is this like in no worries sort of laissez-faire uh lack of investment in her own career so to speak she's just like doing things and i find it really you know, I find myself endeared to her where I'm like, oh, yeah, do what you want, girl. Yeah, but like put her in something <laughs> that Dakota Johnson would be in or Florence. Yeah. P- like, I think there's pl- she is an A-lister. Yeah. She could get weirder roles, especially if she wants to just pop in a couple things in a supporting role. Like she could easily do yeah. that and and sort of steal some scenes out from under somebody. Yeah. It it will be interesting because it seems like with her past few things, even Captain Marvel, Just Mercy, like these movies have been issue driven movies where she does want to like make a statement about the standing like, of the promising world. young woman. I feel like she'd be interesting <laughs> in like that kind of a situation. Yeah. I mean, she has the Marvels coming out, which is sort of the sequel 2023 and then Fate 10 is listed. Um do we know who else is in the Marvel? I don't like, know what what is, is that storyline. Um, I just have to see what happens. Click on the Wikipedia um, and see what. Happens. But yeah, it seems like she's. She seems like she's on a path, sort of similar to Scarlett Johansson, where it's sort of self serious and like, oh, I stand for what I want. Maybe with less racism, hopefully, and like weird, <laughs> uh, privilege blinders. But I wish she would go more the path of someone like 
Catherine Hahn or um oh okay the um uh, the new the, the new Marvel's movie sorry to interrupt you is from Nia DaCosta who did the Candyman remake and it's her and then it's the, Tiana it's the daughter, pa- right? Paris yes the no it's like the spy lady from wandavision yeah or yes 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 yeah 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 Yeah, the daughter of her non-girlfriend and then some character named kamala khan Mm, i don't know who is actually ms marvel Mm, i don't know (laughs) yeah because but I think that Captain Marvel was a guy and that Carol Danvers was Ms. Mm. Marvel. And then they just made Carol Danvers Captain Marvel when they switched it. So now there's a new... So now they got somebody else as Ms. Marvel. Right. Anywho, go back to what you're saying. <laughs> I'm sorry I interrupted. No, I'm just saying uh, I have a soft spot for Brie. She pops up in weird like uh, skits, weird moments. She was doing the beyond two ferns or whatever <laughs> between two ferns she's was she the one who was the fourth yeah Heim she's sister the fourth Heim sister in skits. In skit. yes so she's having a good time and i'm i'm curious to see how it goes but i'm not worried about it you know do we has brie larson friends with taylor swift do we know if brie they've larson interacted at all interacting with taylor swift i feel like i want to say yes but I also know she came, you know, she sort of came into notoriety as the squad goals died and Taylor Swift went into hiding. So maybe not. Yes. I feel like they would be friends. Together. Yeah. Brie Larson seems like someone who would, I mean, different know, like, weird be able interests, to deal with yeah. Taylor. Because like Brie Larson like knows a bunch about mushrooms. And like I said, she made typefaces. Like she's a dork. And I love that about her. But but she also feels like someone who would be very easy yeah. to get along with. Like Taylor Swift could be her, you know, sort of prickly self, and <laughs> uh, and and Brie Larson would be like, "Oh yeah, yeah no, like yeah. this is fine. Like I'm down with this." You know? Well, yeah, you know, for my fifth annual uh, birthday episode, you know, we'll just end up doing Taylor Swift. It's time. We can't do it. We all. can't. No, I can't. Do One a more year. Week long episode. Um, no, but uh, I'm glad we got. If that to- happens, I'm quitting. Everybody, I like that on the record. The moment <laughs> I get an email from Shelby that's like birthday episode Taylor Swift, I'll be like, uh, here's my two. Well, weeks you know, the rumor is, and this is derailing an already long uh, episode, but the rumor is that they just did the um, who is it? David o- David McKay. Who's doing it? Oh, David, David o. o. Russell, the Taylor. They Swift did movie. like audience yes. screenings, and the hubbub coming from that is that it's a terrible movie but it's built to make like taylor swift the standout and she is like someone said whoa i didn't think taylor swift could act but this is good so that's interesting the movie has like 700 people in it so i don't think that she could have more than like a scene or two but i I guess i don't know i i I didn't see it I'm just going to guess she she could have I could see her having sort of a uh, I again I have no <laughs> idea what this movie is even about but sort of a like Bradley Cooper in uh, licorice pizza esque <laughs> role where she sort of like shows up for one scene and is utterly ridiculous and then you know like and it just kind of yeah, works. I don't know. I, I could so see that. we'll we'll have something to talk about Taylor Swift eventually, you know. Uh, <laughs> she might not ever release another re-recording by the 
look of it, but maybe one day that movie will come out. Wait, she's not releasing any more re-recordings? Well, no, I'm is saying that, that we haven't gotten oh. any. Oh, we just haven't gotten months one. of radio I was silence. Like... And there is a theory that maybe she secretly bought her master's back and is trying to figure out a way to announce that, but or is negotiating that or something, but but that's a, that's news for another day. Uh, the point is Brie Larson. Well, then what does she what does she do if she bought all her masters back? Does she delete all the Taylor's versions? Well, no, I think she just has two ways to make money. Two ways <laughs> to make money. I feel like the more likely option is that she's just going to drop everything at once. Well, I mean, but it's been months. So what is, is she that... doing? Why is she waiting? What's going on? She's recording all four of them because she doesn't want to do a okay, rollout. Yeah, of speak yeah. Now. we'll have to see. I I don't know. I'll, I'll text you on the DL. But I just, uh, um, anyways, <laughs> happy birthday okay, to me. Yes. Um, happy birthday to you. Can't wait to see what happy Brie Larson does to Brie. next year, so we can talk about her next year. Um, Get some basmati rice <laughs> to celebrate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was gonna ask. So, um, all over the place. But what do you think her top three? Rotten Tomatoes scores are like movies. Oh gosh, dear Lord. Um, I'm gonna say, uh, Room, um, uh, Short Term Twelve, and I feel like the other one has got to be some random movie that she was like not ha- and like thirteen going on thirty. <laughs> No, um, I just logged out of the page, but it is Avengers Endgame, which is sort of cheating because she's in it for like two seconds. Oh yeah, that yeah, that and makes sense. It that makes is, sense. Uh, short term twelve. And okay. Ugh, I have to pull it up again. You only had to remember three I know, things. But now I'm remember. choking. It was what the unicorn store. Just the- <laughs> no, I was like, that's it. The gambler. Uh, um, it was. It, oh yeah, it was short term twelve and Avengers Endgame and room so i was one for three. Oh, okay so i got yeah, two yeah, out yeah. of three yeah yeah i was like the third one is definitely like going to be a weird mo- the movie and it yes yeah, okay yeah, where yeah. she has a small role i was right yeah yeah it just picked the wrong one okay there well you go. we're over two hours <laughs> we gotta end this we gotta put this out of our misery okay <laughs> we'll see you guys next week where we're talking about uh dr strange and the uh whatever the title yeah Perfect. Great. See you guys then. Bye.